Hey guys, Coach here. Man, thanks for joining me this Friday. This is uh, part two of our landscape design from the site series. We'll have one more after this where we're actually sitting down and talking about the finished product and how we came to that product. Hey, I'm Matt, you can call me Coach. Every Friday I bring with me landscape DIY education, concepts and theories, ideas and solutions so you guys can go out and tackle a landscape project yourself, get professional results, save a whole lot of money in the process, and in this day and age, be a lot more self-reliant. Man, after a 20 plus year career in the green industry, I'm bringing with me a lot of knowledge and experience that I wanna share with you guys, the new, modern, educated, self-reliant homeowner of today. So around here, Maestro will show you the yard in detail. But basically what we are trying to accomplish here is being able to give these guys a functional and yet creative backyard that'll accommodate the needs of the family, the needs for entertaining, and the needs for dogs. So in looking at this yard, one of the biggest challenges that it's gonna be is a combination of drainage, grading, and irrigation. We are gonna really try hard, much like the front yard, we're gonna to try to make it uh, functional with as little maintenance as possible. So there's not gonna be a lot of weekly grass cutting and that kind of stuff back here. We are going to have things like pallet decks. We are gonna have expanded patios. We're gonna have uh, the ability to segregate the backyard into vignettes so that Doggo has a place for his place. There might be some vegetable gardens over here, just a little bit larger entertaining area, pathways, and maybe some lighting. But you guys check it out. Check it out as I'm walking around. I'm gonna get some measurements as we're talking here. And in the comments below, you let me know what you would do with it, what you think about it. This is a, uh, a residential lot and it's a big one. It's, it's bigger, just half of this backyard is bigger than a lot of lots, especially in like Northern California where I came from. Big, big yard and a lot to do and a tight budget to do it with. So here we go. So one of the things that we have right here is we have a uh, hyperactive doggo. And not just any doggo, we're talking about a Great Dane doggo. And he loves to dig. So how would you handle something like that? Especially when it's right in front of their conversion of this one car garage into a large she shed. We have, uh, we have a lot of grading issues. This is where the deck is wanted right here. We have some DIY collections of pallet fences and some leftover brick material. We have an older storage shed that we have here. And then on the other side of the pallet fence, we have kind of a utilitarian driveway, a master bedroom French doors that faces out onto the driveway, which is not the most aesthetic appealing thing and a functional, functional one-car garage, which is 
in all intent and purposes, could really use a vehicle in there instead of just storage. And we're gonna try to satisfy storage, old shed, she shed, and garage to where maybe it can come back around to be usable on a daily basis. This area over here is what I'm thinking more for doggo, the side yard here where it's gonna be shady and cool in the warmer months where he could have water and a comfortable place to rest without, uh, without conflicting with anybody. He's really kind of particular as far as who's around, except for the owners. And then we have this nice sitting patio out here outside the master bedroom. And you can see there's, there's a little bit of clutters, which I'm not, not used to, but uh, some kind of cleanup is necessary here to get it down to kind of a blank canvas. You know, and you're gonna see in the design instructions and designer notes on the plan on how a, uh, a real weed spraying party is necessary and how to be able to get this place down to where you can come in and start painting lines and figure out exactly where stuff is going to be visually, taking it from a flat bird's eye view on a piece of paper and putting it down on the ground itself and letting it start to sink into a client's head. They're going, ah, that's what coach was thinking about. I get it now, okay. So there's lots and lots of weed growth. I'll tell you what, one of the things that I'm really impressed with, and I really didn't expect this in the state of Idaho, but this has a beautiful, beautiful, workable, sandy loam soil here. My God, I wish I would have had soil at Weed Patch Ranch that was this good. And once we, get, once we get all this weeds and grass mixture all sprayed and tilled under and conditioned and get this down to just a, a dirt canvas, then that's when the fun really starts. That's when you can start spray painting out all the elements that the design calls for. The big, the big situation that they're gonna be facing here since this is kind of a DIY project and that is the grading, because right now the threshold of this, the threshold of this shed is actually about two inches below the grade of the dirt. So a lot, a lot of soil is going to have to be removed and redistributed here for grading. Because the way this lot is, I don't know if you can tell on the video, probably not, but just by the wet that is down here next to this shed, you can see that from the street, from the front fence line, everything drains into here, into this area right here. And this is where the outdoor living area is being requested. So no irrigation at all. There's not even so much as a hose bib in this backyard, which is really tragic because it makes people drag hoses. And when you drag long lakes of hoses all the time, you, you get burnt out. And that's where we're gonna to have to tap into some, some irrigation and create some more hose bibs. One over on the outside fence for the garden, one down here in the she shed area, both potable and for irrigation, one over there by the bedroom area for doggo with an automatic waterer or something like that. Yeah, it really needs some modernizing. This house, this house was modernized to a certain amount, but it's dated at 1898. 1898 and it's had some new new uh, siding put on it new roof put on it and it's it's doing well it's it's held up very well 
but there's no infrastructure as far as the landscape goes. So that's where we're at right now. I'm gonna get going on measuring here and in the comments, if you got any questions as far as what the priorities are or anything else, drop that comment and let me know. Don't forget to subscribe and like and come along on this three-part journey and tell you exactly how we get a yard like this to a yard on a piece of paper where these DIYers can take it on through three or four phases of construction. It's gonna be fun, it's a fun one. Hey, don't forget to check out last week's video as well, because that's part one. Part one on the front yard of this project. Remember when we do these yards, we're always doing them. Front yard was all the pretties for aesthetic value. Backyards for functionality, use, use level, use needs. And since we're doing a uh, conceptual design for no payment, we're doing approximations, which I got pretty good at at pacing here. So, you'll also notice some big obstacles here in the yard as far as large tree stumps. Some of these trees were probably 60, 70 years old when they were cut down. But not these people, but the previous owners, we should have ground them down and ground them out and got it done. The size of the tree that is over there, which I believe was a walnut, that thing has got to be three and a half feet in diameter. That had to have been an original tree from the original house, but it is now dry and it is now a stump that's gonna take some major, major effort to grind out of the way and get it to a usable corner there where probably, most likely, a couple of raised vegetable beds are gonna go. But think about this. Think about this when you're designing. If you have foot traffic area that is either going to come out of the garage but more likely out of the master bedroom or through the gate accepting visitors and stuff through the gate from the front yard where would you put your walkways how big would your walkways be what have you learned from me and previous videos as far as traffic flow bed size and usage throughout this whole project if you have two ladies as the residents with a, young, with a young boy growing up fast, what are the uses not only today, but what are the uses three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? Will they be the same? And how do you design a landscape that's gonna work both now and down the road later on? That's the challenge that most landscape designers face every single time they walk onto a property. But that's where communication, planning, budget setting, 
and then knowing your limitations as far as what you're capable of doing versus what you have to hire to have completed. Very, very important. Guys, I'm so glad that you joined me on this one. Tune in next week when I'm actually down putting it on paper and we're going to talk about all those things. There will be photos that go with it. Podcast is going to be as detailed as possible. But as always, I appreciate your attention. And if you've stuck around this long, man, consider hitting the subscriber button. I am so proud, honestly, that we eclipsed the 2,000 subscriber mark. I really am. It's something I didn't think was ever going to happen, and here we are. Also, don't forget to like the video if you really learned something and share it with a friend. Drop a comment below. And if you don't want to make it a public comment, you just have a question, you can always email me at youryardcoach at gmail.com. Guys, to your landscape success, take care. See you next week.